Hello everyone, got a question for you again. What is the UK's second most favourite book? Well, according to a BBC survey, it is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. You might know this story from the famous BBC TV adaptation starring Colin Firth as Mr Darcy, or from the movie version starring Kira Knightley. Pride and Prejudice appeals to generations both old and new. First published in 1813, the story follows the main character, Elizabeth Bennet, as she deals with issues of manners, upbringing, morality, education and marriage in the society of the landed gentry of the British Regency. Many of its themes are still totally relevant today and Jane Austen's writing is celebrated for its wit, its character development and its charming attention to detail. The audiobook version is extremely popular and is brought to life by its narrator, Kate Redding. If you fancy downloading it free of charge, just visit audibletrial.com forward slash teacherluke to start a free 30-day trial with Audible. Um, I'll tell you more about the UK's favourite books in the future, but now let's get started with this episode. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Luke's English Podcast, the podcast which won this year the Macmillan Dictionary Award for the best blog for the fourth year running, even though it's not a blog, it's a podcast. Um, anyway, welcome back to another episode. Um, just before we start this one, I would like to say thank you very much for taking part in the quick survey that I launched on teacherluke.co.uk recently. I asked you to select the types of episode of the podcast that you prefer to listen to. You can still do that, of course. You can still take part in that survey by going to my website and finding the page for the survey in the archive of episodes. Where's the archive? Well, just click archive in the menu and then you can select archive all episodes and you'll find all of the episodes and then you'll find a survey. You'll find the survey I'm talking about between episodes 276 and 277. Uh, the feedback that you can give me there will help me to know what kind of thing you prefer in episodes of Luke's English Podcast. It'll only take you a couple of minutes to do the survey, even less than that, a few seconds. Um, so do tell me what kind of episodes of the podcast you like. Of course, ultimately, I have the final decision over the content of these episodes because I'm the boss. I'm Luke, after all, and this is Luke's English podcast, and I have the final say. Uh, like sometimes, I think it's worth presenting you with something more challenging here, uh, something more entertaining there, maybe something more topic-focused here, more pronunciation-focused there, some vocabulary here, some grammar there. I'm the one who decides in the end. But ultimately, anyway, please take my survey and let me know what your preferences are, because your thoughts and your preferences will combine with mine, and that can just help me to provide the right kind of content for you. Okay? So do that, and that will be brilliant. Now, um, let's turn to the subject of this episode. Um, here's a quick quiz for you. Quick quiz question. Uh, what are the four countries that make up the United Kingdom. What are the four countries? Well, of course, it's England, yes, and Scotland, and Wales, and Northern Ireland. That's right. Um, now, how much do you know about Northern Ireland? How much do you know about this sometimes forgotten part of the United Kingdom? Um, have you been there? Um, have you ever met someone from Northern Ireland? Have you ever 
heard someone from Northern Ireland. Do you know what the accent sounds like? Do you know what life is like in Northern Ireland? Uh, what's the capital city of Northern Ireland? Well, yes, that's Belfast. That's right. Um, how have you ever heard the name Belfast in the news? Um, depending on how old you are, you might know the name Belfast uh, from stories of maybe stories of violence, terrorist attacks and things like that, because unfortunately, that is one of the aspects of uh, life in Belfast, uh, certainly over the last 50 years or so. Um, but it's, it's not just terrorist attacks and sectarian violence. It's a lot more to it than that. Uh, but Belfast is, is the capital. Can you tell me another big city? In Northern Ireland? Well, there's there's Derry. Uh, well, some people call it Derry. Other people call it London Derry. So there's that one as well. Um, next question, where exactly is Northern Ireland? Well, of course, the clue is in the name because it's, in fact, the northern part of the island of Ireland. Um, but it's not actually part of the Republic of Ireland politically, of course. No, it's actually part of the UK. You've heard my stand-up routine. You should know. Um, it's not far. Uh, Northern Ireland is not far from parts of Northern England and parts of su southwestern Scotland. So if you think of sort of just to the just to the uh, west and to the south of Scotland and just to the west of Northern England, that's where you find it. Um, Northern Ireland, to the north of the Republic of Ireland, part of the same ge geographical landmass as Ireland, of course. Uh, what else do you know about Northern Ireland? Well, the Titanic was built there, and there's now a big uh, Titanic experience exhibition that you can go and see, which is very interesting, apparently. I haven't seen it myself. Uh, what else? Game of Thrones is filmed there. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, it's also known for the Troubles, uh, as I've mentioned, uh, that means the violence, the civil unrest and the terrorism that has taken place there between the... Um, it's a bit complicated and I do explain it slightly in the in the episode along with the help of my guest. Uh, basically, the violence, which is um, not quite as serious as it used to be. There was a much more serious period in the 70s and 80s and, and so on. Um, that violence is based on the fact that in Northern Ireland, you have some people who believe that Northern Ireland should be united with the rest of Ireland. So Northern Ireland should become part of the Republic of Ireland. So we call those the uh, Republicans. Um, and also, there are some people who live there who believe that Northern Ireland should remain part of the United Kingdom, or that it should be united with Britain, and we call those people the Unionists. So there's a con there has been a conflict between the Unionists and the Republicans, and also there's another religious conflict too, and that's the, the fact that we have uh, some conflict between Protestants and Catholics. Um, but to be honest, these days, the people who uh, make that uh, or make those issues um, significant tend to be extreme extremists who have very, very strong uh, political or religious views. And in fact, most of the people who live in Northern Ireland these days just want to carry on with their lives and they don't really want to have to deal with all of that kind of stuff on a daily basis. So um, there you go. That's a bit of background information about Northern Ireland. It's home to about 1.8... Let me start that sentence again. It's home to about 1.8 million members of the United Kingdom, and they have their own culture, their own accents, and their own particular dialect and sense of humour. And in a recent survey, 
the Northern Irish accent was voted the sexiest accent in the UK. Um, today on the podcast, I'm joined by Marcus Keeley, who is a stand-up comedian, improviser and poet who comes from Belfast in Northern Ireland. I know Marcus from the stand-up comedy scene in Paris, as he likes to come here from time to time to visit and do comedy shows with our team. He's a friendly, interesting and a funny gentleman, and this is the first time that I've had someone from Northern Ireland on this podcast. So this is one of those episodes in which I have a guest on the show, and we explore a number of different things within the context of an authentic conversation between two native speakers of English. If you like, you can imagine that you're there with us, involved in our conversation. Uh, after all, we are speaking to you and for the attention of you. And uh, remember that you can get involved by sharing your comments on the page for this episode. So what are you going to get in this episode of the podcast? Um, generally, this conversation is presented for people who are either learning English or who have a particular interest in all things British or perhaps both, maybe you're learning and you're particularly interested in the UK. Um, first of all, we will get to know Marcus a little bit, giving you a chance to train your ear to his accent and to his way of speaking. Uh, we'll talk about Northern Ireland, and we'll really get to know this often overlooked part of the UK, including a bit of culture, a bit of history, some politics, um, and some things that you can do there as a visitor. And also, we'll talk about other things that just come up naturally in our chat. Uh, we're going to listen to the Belfast accent of Marcus. We'll focus a bit on his accent. Uh, and we will talk a little bit about the variety of accents that you can hear in Northern Ireland. Um, and you can learn a few common phrases from the dialect of English that you might hear if you go to Northern Ireland. Uh, okay. As ever, you can read notes for this episode at teacherluke.co.uk. Um, so if you want to do some studying, you can. Also, you may hear bits of uh, rude language in this episode. Okay. So there, there may be some swearing uh, in the episode. So just to let you know uh, that in advance, you have been warned if you're sensitive to that kind of thing. Um, and um, generally, we covered a lot of ground in this conversation. Uh, the conversation, in fact, lasted nearly two hours. So this will be a two-part episode, I expect. Um, as I mentioned, please leave any comments or questions that you have on the page for this episode. Um, and that's it. I hope that you enjoy our conversation and that you experience something that you haven't experienced before. It might be tricky to follow that everything that Marcus says uh, in our conversation because you know, because you're not familiar with his accent, I expect. Um, but I do encourage you to keep going and just try to follow the general flow of the conversation. Best of luck. Enjoy the conversation. And now let's get started. Okay, welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's lovely to be able to actually speak to you. And I don't say that just to mean that it's nice that I've got a voice, because it would be a pity if I couldn't speak. But I'm, I also mean it's nice to be able to talk to, to listeners around the world. I'm joined on the podcast this time by Marcus Keeley. Hello, Marcus. Hello. How are you? Very hot. I'm not used to all this. It's it's boiling hot today. Yeah, it's not so it's not so good. Yeah. Can you just describe the surroundings that we're in here? Um, it's very nice. You can see all the major um, hot spots, both 
literally in temperature and figuratively as in Paris. Yeah. Zephyr Tower, Sacre Coeur. There's a couple of other things. It's all it's all here, and we're beneath the canopy. Yeah. But still sweating quite it, profusely. It's extremely hot today yeah. in Paris. In fact, this is the hottest day of the year, apparently, and it's something in the region of 35 degrees in the shade. Mm. God knows how hot it is in direct sunlight. Well, we did have a French woman laugh in my face just before this and, and say that I looked really red. Yeah, that's right. Which was nice. Yeah, we just went to the shop to buy supplies. Um, and uh, we were walking out the shop and a, a, a sort of old French woman walked in and she took one look at Marcus and she was like, oh, you're really red <laughs> in French. Just laughed in his face. Look at you. You've got a red face. Yeah. And I just went, hello. Yeah. As I normally do when people insult me. And she just continued to cackle at you. Yeah. Um, that's right. So, um, uh, so, okay. So Marcus, you're, Marcus, you're from Belfast. Yes. It's very nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. Uh, while, while we're on holiday, I like to put a bit of work into yeah. podcasts, a couple of shows, you know. Yeah. It's very good. I haven't ever had anyone from Northern Ireland on this podcast before. Mm, no Northern Irish lips have touched this microphone then. That's until right. Now. Until now. Oh. But many other lips from many other nations have come into contact with it in the past. Um, so, you know, you're uh, literally in touch with a long line of, of uh, lips. Mm. How does that feel? It feels it feels rather good, you know. It's just like how many people, uh, you know, by proxy then have kissed this microphone. Mm. You know what I mean? There's that love then. A lot of love. Mm. A lot of love as, as goes into this podcast, um, and a lot of love comes out of it as well in various directions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, genuinely, genuinely though, it is nice to have someone from Northern Ireland on the podcast today, uh, as I probably will will state in the introduction to this, which I haven't recorded mm. yet. Um, I'm probably going to say something along the lines of, "It's uh, it, it, my listeners who who come from all around the world may not know very much about Northern Ireland, mm -hmm. and they also might not have heard someone speaking with one of the many accents." that mm. there are in Northern Ireland. So, you know, it, not only that, though, Marcus, it's also nice to have you on the podcast, too, because I think you're a funny gentleman. Well, thank you very much. I'm very, I'm very blessed to be here. Um, so what we're going to do in this episode is kind of get to know you a little bit, Marcus, so that my listeners can just sort of, you know, find out a little bit about the world of Marcus Keeley. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Northern Ireland, because as I said, it's a fairly sort of unrepresented region of the UK in terms of the podcast but also i think in terms of just the international community not mm -hmm. people don't know enough about northern ireland mm. you know they think about the uk they probably think of london and edinburgh maybe oxford and cambridge and some things maybe wales but northern ireland is often a bit forgotten so so that's one of the things that we can cover and also the accent um we're interested in accents here at Luke's English Podcast, and um, certainly accents from the UK and Belfast or Northern Ireland is an accent that we haven't really explored yet, mm -hmm. so uh, uh, that's one of the things that we can do. Um, right, so um, so you're in Paris for just the weekend, right? Yeah, up until Tuesday, we, me and my uh, future wife. Future my wife. Future wife. Um, as I like to call it, it makes it seem, not that it isn't already exciting, but I like to imagine it's a sort of dystopian engagement. Right. If that's the right, oh, you're a spider on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> arm spider. Arm spider. Why is it, what is it with spiders on this podcast recently, Marcus? You listened to the bad haircut situation, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, there was, there was a bit of spider action there too. 
Yeah, this is one of the many ways that I like to keep the podcast exciting. Just, Just introduce arachnids. Yeah. The mix. <laughs> introduce uh, arachnids and sometimes insects because they're, it's not uncommon to find the odd ant crawling around up here. Yeah, I've had ants crawl on me in Paris before, just yeah. outside Sacre Coeur. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and then we went to the um, Salvador Dali Museum. And oh, I yes. was wondering if Salvador Dali was communicating with me through ants. And I felt very, you know, very good about that. Yeah. I was like, maybe, maybe I'm the second coming. But then I just realized it was raining while it was under a tree and there's a lot of insects on me. So mm-hmm. I thought that was it. But, but yes. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Salvador Dali, who obviously spent some time living in Paris, the, the surreal artist, the surrealist artist mm. that, just in case my, my listeners were wondering, Salvador Dali, is known for um, painting pictures that had some ants in them. Ants featured in his work quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking Mm -hmm. that maybe Salvador Dali and you have some sort of mystic connection there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I thought that might might have been the case, but the more my life went on, the the less surreal and more mundane I got. So I thought, well, maybe I'm a reverse Dali. So you're like the opposite of Dali. Yeah, anti-Dali. Yeah. Yeah, don't know. Um, but yes, uh, we we come here frequently enough, and we're always trying to find new and interesting things to do. So, being the all the you know the typical stuff, a few uh, you know out of the way museums went to the Magic Museum. That was I, good. I don't know about the Magic Museum. Like nice. Um, it's oh God, I'm trying to even remember where where it is, but it's very nice. It's very antiquated. A lot of old like magic props and stuff. And there was a magic show. Okay. So like, that was quite nice. Um, we went to a doll museum beside the Anne Frank Garden. Oh yes. So it was a two for one uh, <laughs> in terms of weird creepiness. Yes. Um, and that was good. So this time round, we, like, we like to go to the aquarium. So I think we'll go there. Again. The, the doll museum does sound. Like, it could be very scary. Mm. I mean, obviously, dolls are fantastic. They're things that you have as a child. But also, these days, a bit like clowns, mm. dolls feature a lot in horror movies and things, don't they? Yeah. There's something a little bit creepy about dolls. Was it a creepy place? Yeah, it was, but only, I think only by the sheer amount of them. Right. There were so many of them in glass cages. It was right. very, very odd. Yeah. Um, but obviously, because, you know, the world's changing children would play less with dolls so they're going to become creepier in, in retrospect right like especially when they're kept in glass dolls just yeah. cl- glass glass cabinets just like weird little old dolls with creepy faces kept inside a glass cabinet yeah you kind of think why is it in the glass cabinet so it can't escape and and do nasty things yeah it did very much seem that way yeah i'd so like to go to the doll museum and just get a little scared I, I like being scared yeah I think well we just went to the Anne Frank Garden afterwards just to calm ourselves down <laughs> so we're just like oh this is much more relaxing let's think about this instead right right okay well there's so many things you can do in Paris it's great there's loads of things um, there's the sex museum as well not far from here which I haven't been to because I kind of think I imagine that sex in the past was pretty similar to how it is now I mean you know yeah you're not going to get You won't, well you might learn a few things <laughs> but yeah, it's not like the yeah the history of sex through the ages is just going to be like well yeah I've, I know that people did that. it in the past yeah. and then they did it in the Middle Ages and then they did it sort of in the in the industrial period. Yeah, I'm and not sure how educational it would be. I was trying to convince Neve to go. Yeah, because we were literally around the corner from it. Yeah, I was looking at how to get here and I saw on the map the sex museum. I was like, oh, that's one museum we haven't been to. We've been to the doll museum, <laughs> the magic museum. Can I go to the sex museum now? Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But no. 
she wasn't up for the sex museum? Nope. Okay. Just shopping instead. Right. Okay. Well, next time you come, you, you, you won't have that many options left, so you'll have to take her to the sex museum. By default. Just make sure that you've booked a hotel nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... um Okay, so where were we? Yeah, so you're enjoying a nice weekend in Paris. You like to come here from time to time. Uh, uh, back in Belfast, what do you do? Uh, I do much, <laughs> much less interesting things. Um, I work in an office. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's almost as warm as it is here because no one opens any windows. Right. So you got the nice air just blowing. And my the fan, the desk fan, uh, you can't actually get in to clean the blades. So it's just slowly blowing dust into my face over okay. and over again. So you work in a very hot office. Don't you have air conditioning? Yeah, but it's never turned on. And whenever it is, just dust flies out of it. So right. I think they just no turn it off. That's the thing about air conditioning in, in the UK because we don't use it regularly enough. And there's only maybe a few days in the year when someone thinks to turn it on. And when you do, it's just full of dust. Mm-hmm. And it's just a dust blowing machine for a couple of hours, which means mm-hmm. no one ever turns it on. Yeah. And if you open a window, just because they haven't been open so long, they kind of fall off. <laughs> there's a few windows in my office that are nailed shut. So, but apart from that, it's, it's a joy. Because in the winter, they have to seal the windows mm-hmm. so that, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't get too cold. Well, we were told over the uh, the PA system the other day, because it's a wee bit windy, so can you just not open the windows? So we're like, right, okay. Right. It's not open the windows. You have a PA system in the office. Yeah, it's a big it's a big building. So the security guards just said, don't open, don't open the windows. Right, right, okay. You're not allowed to breathe anymore. No, no breathing. No breathing. Okay. Overtime for breathing has been cancelled. Right. None of that. Okay. So that's, that's wonderful. And apart from, you know, the, the grind of employment, just to do some, I uh, run a comedy night. Yeah. Um, alternative comedy, I like to put it, which means anything that you, as a performer or an audience member, will be going, what is this? Right. I'm not sure about this. So I say, well, if you've got something like that, just do it. And right. people tend to explain, well, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to pull out this this trombone. And I'm like, no, no, I, I don't want to know either. I want it to be a surprise too. So we kind of have a disclaimer to start the show. So, right, well, it's alternative. Let's bring your own as well. So people have brought, you know, carryouts, as Car- it were. What's a carryout? Carryout is... Um, <laughs> portable alcohol I'm trying to think of a, a correct word just like alcohol in bags what take away take away alcohol that you bought from the off license yes Car- yeah a carrier this we're, we're now into the we just slipped into the realm of uh, phrases uh, vernacular from, yeah. from the dialects that you might find in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. so that that is a very very common thing that you say in Northern Ireland I'm a way to get a carrier yeah which is like I'm going to the uh wine shop to buy some (laughs) alcohol which I will then put in a bag and take away with me yeah that's a carry out yeah and if if they are going to go to a wine shop it will be Buckfast tonic wine (laughs) it won't necessarily be Chardonnay Um, Buckfast is a is such a typical booze in Northern Ireland yeah it's um it's very prevalent in Northern Ireland and Scotland Buckfast bit of Bucky mate get a bit of Bucky what is it it's a fortified wine. It's about, oh God, what's the percent? It's like 15%, uh-huh. but it's heavily mixed with caffeine. So uh-huh. it's also, in Scotland, wreck the hoose juice. <laughs> so you will just go bananas. I don't really like You'll it You'll literally much. wreck the, the yeah. house. You will kick everything in. Wreck the hoose or wreck the house. Yeah. I would say wreck the house. In Scotland, they might say... How do you say? How would you say? Wreck the hoose juice. Okay. Because it, it has to have that charming rhyme in it. It sort of 
destigmatizes it, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I don't like it. It just, to me, it tastes just like if someone has filled up some cheap red wine, probably about three quarters, and the rest is the rest has just been filled up with like just drool. It has that sickly, syrupy taste to it. A bit medicine-y almost. Yeah, um, which yeah. is why it's a tonic wine, presumably. But, um, it's but it it creates more problems than it solves. Right, um, right. Like you end up wrecking the house or wrecking the house or glassing someone with it. Okay, glassing someone. Yeah, there's a phrase that my listeners might not be familiar with. All right, it's sort this of is going to be a long. Yeah, podcast. it could be. It could be because everything you say now, Marcus, I'm just going to have to. We're going to have to explore in great depth. That's the way things work on this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes we end up just going, wait, stop. That needs to be explained. Yeah. And that needs to be explained. That's like my comedy almost. <laughs> we get so far. Oh, hold on. We have to stop and take note. Uh, but yeah, glass. Glass would be to, to glass someone, a verb. To glass someone, that yeah. That would be a sort of UK-wide yeah. thing. I think. Yeah, but yeah, anyone outside the UK might be familiar with that. Mm. That just means to harm someone quite badly <laughs> by shoving glass in them. It's horrible, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I've I've not been glassed yet. There's there's a scene in the movie Train Spotting, yes. which is quite well known scene, f- a reference point for glassing someone. Mm-hmm. And there's a character in that film played brilliantly by is it Robert Carlyle? I think mm-hmm. it's the actor, and Begsby. he plays a psychopath called Begbie. Begbie or Begsby? I can't remember. Be- Begbie, I think. And there's a scene where he ends up in a fight in a bar, and he glasses someone, and basically glassing someone is taking a glass, a pint glass usually, mm. and literally smashing it into someone's face. Yeah. Oh dear. Have you ever seen anyone? get glassed um no i haven't either but it's something that you hear about it's like a phrase that you do hear about it a lot but you wonder if people are exaggerating by glass do they mean like a glass was thrown at them which is still pretty horrific yeah but um the main problem with that is as is pointed out by a lot of people is whenever if you were to go to break a glass it would then break in your hand so you would just glass yourself yeah so that's usually what happens when any time someone says that they go nah it, that didn't happen it's just, just glass himself just an exaggeration because there's so many experts on glassing just go nah that wouldn't happen mate because he just he just fucking glass himself sorry right. <laughs> <laughs> it's when it slip into that particular accent that is every other word the swearing comes in yeah. when you when you do that kind of uh, sort of I don't know how you describe that kind of person. Well, it would be... Well, we're going to have to get into a big thing now. And no. That would be a spied. A which, spied? S-P-I-D-E, which would be the Northern Irish equivalent of a chav. A chav in the UK, certainly in England. I may have talked... I've talked about chavs before on this podcast, but chav is um, sort of like a working class person, stigmatised by most of the community, uh, usually young people who hang around in gangs outside the shop or outside the pub or something. They wear a lot of fake branded sportswear. Uh, they don't have work and they're antisocial and um, uh, the rest of the community sort of looks down on them and they could be dangerous. So, for example, I lived in Liverpool for, you know, mm. four years and there were lots of people that you could describe as chavs in Liverpool. Um, in Liverpool, though, they're called scallies. Yes, the further north you go, it's scally and then in Scotland, they're neds, NEDs. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't say NEDs, that sounds like some sort of device. But Nuclear weapon or something, yeah, an NED. A ned. Anyway, ned. I think a ned is, yeah, I think that's Scottish. No, actually, I can't remember. No, it's Scottish, yeah. Neds mm. in Scotland and there's a film called Neds as well. Oh, yes. Uh, scallies in, in uh, the north and certainly in Liverpool, chavs and pretty much the rest of the country, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, these sort of young people who might be, like in Liverpool, I would walk to the shop as a student and they'd be like, where are you from? You know, hmm. where are you from, mate? And they sound friendly. 
the yeah. beginning. But they're, they're not really. Where are you from? You're a student, are you? You're a student. Um, do you want Did some, you have do long you want, hair? Do you want to buy some weed? You know. Oh, that's uh, not bad. Well, I mean, yeah, but... but um, Industrious. But then they'd be like, listen, mate, where do you live? You're like, all right. I'll deliver it. Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't want to tell you that. Yeah, mate, where do you live? You a student? Uh, you know, and then, the, and then you know, they're like, I'm just going to come around and steal your TV. All right. Cool. And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Oh, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so sound friendly, but actually might not have your best interest at heart. No. Saying that, though, people in Liverpool, uh, brilliant. Uh, I love Liverpool. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> you were saying that in Northern Ireland, you get uh, the equivalent of chavs are called what? Spides. Spides. So similar to the spider that was crawling <laughs> up your arm. Um, there's a couple of different um, theories about how that came out. Uh, one of them I can remember is whenever people, have, um, like in the 90s, early 80s, they would wear tracksuits, which yeah. made them look a bit like Spider-Man. So some people say, "Ah, oh, there's a spider over there, man. He's a fucking spider. Um, so that's one theory. I'm trying to think of the other one. Although we do differentiate on gender. So you get, a spider is usually only male. Right. But for female version of that would be a millie. And the reason for that is that there's like lower working class girls who used to work in the mills. Okay. So they would come out, they would be very, you know... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, same way that spies would be male, would be rambunctious and loud and yeah. um, very common. Yeah. So they would Un- be millies. Unsophisticated mm-hmm. sort of uh, women who worked in the mill and they'd come out and they'd be talking in that sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let's say. Well, we're, basically, we're struggling here, Marcus, because we don't want to talk about these people in negative, pejorative mm-hmm. terms because that would be snobbish yes. of us. Mm-hmm. Um, other people probably wouldn't have any problem saying, oh, they're scum, they're gutter yeah. scum, unsophisticated uh, rats or some horrible thing like that. But we're not going to say that because no. that's not, it's just not fair. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of, you know, a lot of the language they used to describe people working class people um like this is a little bit pejorative but you know that's a political debate that uh frankly we're just not going to get into uh here because there's too much other stuff to talk about including things like what what on earth is marcus saying and uh (laughs) can you understand yes what he's going on about ladies and gentlemen i don't mean to be rude but i'm just i imagine uh you know in my professional experience that uh it's a little bit difficult to understand what Mm -hmm. marcus is saying Mm -hmm. so so uh uh, do you find that when you're, for example, in uh, when you're abroad or when you meet people from different countries, do they uh, can they understand? You? Yeah, it can take a wee while for um, <clears throat> for it to click with them and me. So uh-huh. uh, when I go when I go abroad or I would meet someone who wouldn't be used to the accent, I would tend to put on you know the. Um, Refined BBC Northern Ireland version of my voice. The BBC, sort of BBC Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, where it's quite nice. And you're, I, you're watching BBC Northern Ireland. No, no, I can't do it. You're watching BBC Northern Ireland. Next up, Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> um, Whereas a, a spied would say, uh, and see, see, come up now on the Isle box to have a bit of the Earl Mrs. Brown's boys. I fucking love it. It's brilliant. Although that's actually going more into Derry, uh, Derry, London, Derry, which is another political debate. I don't yes. know if we have time for it, but yeah, uh, people from Derry would tend to uh, a bit, bit more guttural drag out. <laughs> oh, that. Um, yeah, there was, um, what do you call them? One of the, um, 
The Pussycat Dolls or one of those? Are the Pussycat Dolls uh, American or UK? Pussycat Dolls are American. American. What what was it? Spice Girls or something? Spice Girls, like the... I can't remember what they are, but there was one from... There was a... She was from Derry, Nadine Coyle, I think it was. I can't remember what band they're in. It's a a, a pop band. I don't think it's around anymore. But she was on an advertisement with another member of the band. They were advertising Nintendo Dogs or something. Yeah. And that was a great source of amusement for people in Northern Ireland (laughs) because she she was going full dairy. Yeah. So they were like playing with a wee dog. And, you know, you can feed it and you can do other things. And out of nowhere, she just goes, I'm going to give him a bath. And you're like, (laughs) no one will have any idea what that means. Until they see her putting the wee dog in a bath. I'm going to give it a bath. I'm going to give it a wee bath. And you're just like, what? Are you what does that actually mean? Because my listeners might not oh, have caught that. I'm going to uh, give him a bath. I'm going to give him a little bath. Yes. I'm going to give him a wee bath. I'm giving him a bath. My puppet is so class. You have to say this. Me so. <laughs> oh. I just paired him like that. Did you put the bow in his hand? Yes. It acts like a real dog. I've been training him hard, teaching him how to sit. Sit. Oh, good, good boy. boy. I'm going to give him a bath. Oh, look at the steam. Oh, look how cute it. he is. And you know what else you can do, which is really good? He can blow bubbles. He tries to catch them. Good boy. Discover the original puppy love with Nintendogs. Only on Nintendo DS. I'm going to give him a bath. I'm going to uh, give him a bath. I'm going to give him a little bath. Yes. I'm going to give him a bath. I'm going to give him a wee bath. I'm giving him a bath. I was just like, it's like, even the first time I saw it, I wasn't sure what she said. I was like, this is a UK wide advert. This is not going to sell <laughs> Nintendogs. But did you know that um, recently in a, in a survey... The 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 north the Northern Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Not that there's one. There's many, but uh, the Northern Ireland accent was voted mm-hmm. the sexiest accent in the UK recently. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I heard about sexiest, but also it's the most preferred call center voice you want to hear. Is it? And apparently that's because. Um, well, first of all, the wage is probably lower in Northern Ireland, so they outsource <laughs> it. But secondly, apparently it's the most like friendly and soothing. Mm. Um, and I think that's uh, obviously that's not ever going to be our natural speaking voice yeah. so that that is because I work on the phone as well and I speak to people from Belfast Northern Ireland I still put on my rather nice hello how may I help you voice okay um, until I get annoyed or the person clearly is difficult to deal with then I just throw it back on again can we try something with that okay let's imagine Marcus that you um, you work in the call centre of my bank okay and I'm from London and mm-hmm. uh, I the bank has, has lost all of my money okay. and, and they're not going to give it back. <laughs> okay? They've taken it. They invested it badly. It's all gone. Uh, okay. And you're the nice, acceptable voice of the bank and you have to tell me that, that sorry, but the, the, you're okay. not going to give the money back. And we'll try it in this nice voice and then mm-hmm. maybe we can try it again mm-hmm. with you as a, as a spade. As a spade. Okay, so right. we'll just do the normal <clears> voice. <throat> so just uh, ring, 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 ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you're through to Lloyd's. Marcus speaking. How may I help you? Uh, hello, Marcus. Um, I've just got a question about my uh, my bank account. Yes, no problem. And who am I speaking with? Uh, my name's Luke Thompson. No problem. And uh, can I just confirm your wee postcode, please? My wee postcode? Yes. Um, oh, my, just my postcode? Yes. All right. Um, it's uh, it's uh, B93W6. Uh, That's it. B93W6. No problem, Mr. Thompson. Let me have a wee look at your account here. Just bear with me one wee second. Okay. 
Okay, Mr. Thompson, just having a wee look. And uh, what is your query today? Well, um, just looking at my statement, um, it seems that, uh, well, it seems that I don't, I don't have any money in my my account, and which is strange because I definitely had. I mean, I you know I got an inheritance from from mm-hmm. my uh, my family okay. who unfortunately were killed in a accident but right. they left all their money to me and i i, I should have mm-hmm. thirty thousand pounds there but just looking today i saw that there's nothing okay there's zero money in the account so i was just wondering where my money's gone yes uh, can i just ask have you made any purchases recently mr thompson um well i, I bought a sandwich earlier today but i'm pretty sure it didn't cost thirty thousand pounds mm-hmm. um so i no, just the normal purchases that i would normally make mm-hmm so I noticed you said that you're pretty sure that it didn't cost that much. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm quite sure. I didn't. I mean, I didn't keep the receipt. It was just a sandwich. I just threw the receipt in the bin. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Thompson, unless you keep an accurate, you know, collection of your receipts, I won't really be able to help you today. Um. Really? But I mean, but I mean, it was just a sandwich. It's unlikely to have cost thirty thousand mm. pounds. I mean, it was a good sandwich. Don't get me wrong. And can I ask what the filling was? Uh, it was. Um, it had a lot of mayonnaise in it. I mean, a oh. bit too much for my liking. Mm-hmm. But it was basically uh, a chicken salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. But with, I mean, I like mayonnaise, mm-hmm. but when it's pouring out of the edges of the sandwich, that's a bit too much. But anyway, that's super superfluous information. It's a chicken and mayonnaise salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's it was good quality, but it wasn't worth thirty thousand mm. um, pounds. So my, I mean, where's my money? Marcus. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed to, to hear that you might think that, but if you do have any complaints about the volume of mayonnaise in your chicken salad sandwich, I think you, you probably best take that up with your retailer, then we can proceed. Okay. All right. Um, thanks. Is there anything else I can help you with today? Uh, uh, no. I, I'm. You might be hearing from my lawyers. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very helpful. That's, that's why the banking system is is a sham. Yes. Yes. Well, that's, that's that, I like the acceptable sort of uh, voice there, which is similar to Scottish accents as well. I mm. find that that um, in surveys as well, often it seems that Scottish accents are considered to be trustworthy with money too. And, yeah. and when I phone Lloyd's, because I am with Lloyd's Bank, oh. when I call them, uh, it's always a. Welcome to Le- Lloyd's TSB Phone Bank. How can I help you today? Oh, hello. Welcome to Lloyd's. Oh. Yeah. And I'm um, like, oh, he's Scottish. He's good with money. <laughs> Everything's all right. <laughs> yes, the, the notoriously tight Scottish will have, have my money definitely yeah. under lock and key. Yeah. We're, look- we're, 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 very, uh, we're, we're looking after your money, Mr. Thompson. Don't worry. We know exactly how to look after money. We've been looking after our own money very carefully for a very long time. That was a, that was a slightly stereotypical yes. view of the Scottish there. Mm-hmm. But it's based on surveys. <laughs> so it's okay. Then. So it's all right. <laughs> By the way, the, do you know about this, this survey that I mentioned that um, the result the, the result of which said that the Northern Irish have got the sexiest accents in the UK? Do you know, do you know wh- who issued the survey? Um, the Ulster Scots Society? It was, it was Asda. Really? <laughs> yeah, as to the supermarket, why hmm. is that? Why do they want to know who's got the sexiest accent? Maybe they're thinking of opening another shop somewhere, and they're like, "We'll just go." Well, what like how is, What exactly are Northern Irish people saying that's especially sexy? I don't know, Marcus. I don't know. Um, like, I can't imagine you know dirty talk with someone with an Irish <laughs> accent will come across as anything. Hey, stick it in there, and I. 
oh, stick her in. <laughs> Is that how you start? <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Straight in. Stick it in. Just stick it in. But yeah, it, it all just seems like veil threats most of the time. Especially mm. in North Irish accent. You reckon? You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> See you. I'm going to do to you. You know, it. Uh, well, uh, uh, Liam Neeson is a quite a good example of that because he's from Northern Ireland. Yeah, right? he's from. Uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. Oh, that was good. I know that. I know that uh, you've got a banking inquiry. I'm not going to be able to help you because uh, <laughs> I haven't really thought this through, Marcus. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> I haven't thought it through. I've got a very specific set of skills, but I haven't really considered what I was going to say to but you. Call centers aren't one. Yeah, I, I want to. I desperately need to get out of this call center, not because my daughter needs my help, but just because I'm bored to fuck. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That's probably a better Liam Neeson accent than I can do. He ha- he's from Balamina, but he doesn't. He has a very refined Balamina accent. Right. Um, and I actually spoke to a customer on the phone whose name was Liam Neeson. Seriously. And w- whenever uh, the account came up, I just saw it and like I just I put myself on mute and just turned around to my colleague and I went, "You will not believe who I have on the phone." So like I, sp- I went back and I went, "Okay, uh, can I just confirm your name?" And he went, "Uh." Um, <sighs> Uh, Liam Neeson I was like yeah no problem and then quickly it was just like sending like the gif of the uh, I will find you and I will kill you yeah. gif around the office like I had him on the phone Yo. Did, um, were you were you tempted to try and push that conversation with Liam Neeson in a certain direction I was but like just Did I'm you, sure he's had it so much now on the phone I was just like you know what I'm not a hack I'm not going to go there you didn't but, say good luck at the end of the phone yeah, call just like I will find you and I will sort out your problem <laughs> Just like no, or like, where's your daughter? Just like no. Yeah, can I can I help you with anything else, Mr. Neeson? Maybe like locating your daughter, or yeah, <laughs> or um, or uh, uh, helping your wife, or finding you more suitable action roles. Yeah, yeah. Do you need like Do you need help with your career, perhaps? Because Taken Three was poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let me just try and sum up a little bit. So uh, we know that you're from Belfast. That you work in an office that's too hot. Fact. That's a fact. Uh, they won't let you open the windows, and the air conditioning is full of dust, so yes. it's too hot in there. This seems like the the preamble to like a Mission Impossible. It's like <laughs> here are the facts. This is your mission. So yeah, this is a mission. This is my life. This is oh, this is so it's so depressing to boil it down to just this. But keep going. Um, <laughs> some t- I I don't know what you do. And you sort of skated around that question slightly. So mm. I'm, I'm now thinking, I better not go there. It's, no. uh, he doesn't want to talk about it. No, it's it's a, it's customer service based rule. Okay. Mm. Okay. So you do you do have telephone inquiries and oh, things yes. like that, including yes. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson won. I had a Muhammad Ali before as Did well. Did you really? Yeah. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, oh, who else? I had someone whose son was called Atlantis. Really? Yeah. Was he lost? I don't know what was happening with him. I was just, I was, I, I was just trying to think of how, you know, the the process of how you get to that name in Northern Ireland. Right. So like maybe she really liked the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Or maybe it's just so odd. What should we call our our son? Shall we call him? Should we call him Gavin? Ah no, something a bit more, you know, something a bit more exotic. <laughs> You know, like, lawn down the street, she's already called Rihanna, so we can't have that. <laughs> I like uh, lost civilizations. Oh. Mesopotamia. I uh, know, can you imagine trying to spell that? Like, I wouldn't have an idea to spell that one. What about, um, what about uh, Atlantis? 
Aye, she'll be a good swimmer. I know. I loved it. Remember we went there the other year? It was brilliant. <laughs> Aye, let's call it that. All right, so you had Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, and you also have your own alternative comedy show, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool because um, of like the unexpected nature of the, mm-hmm. the acts that you have on. Yeah, um, the, uh, the scene isn't... Well, it is big and it's not. It's kind of... Um, you would get the very... I don't want to say typical because that seems negative or it's not interesting but when you have an idea of what stand-up is yeah then it's uh, the vast majority is that um it's you know very straightforward punch you know joke punchline all that yeah quite conventional yeah um, but still funny but you know um but i've been doing this for about oh seven or eight years and it's just i would encourage people you know, it's called voice box comedy, by the way. I'm very bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, any, don't promote, promote. Anytime, um, anytime I do it, I do it once a month, and I forget to introduce who I am until halfway through the show. What's the name of the, What's the name of the show again? Uh, voice box comedy. And where is it? That's in uh, an artist studio called Loft. Yeah. So um, it's nice. It is very much like um, Paris itself because there's art everywhere, and it's sort of it's. Um, it's just really nice. There's cushions and it's bring your own, so it's very bohemian feeling. All the artists are very well talented, so there's always brilliant work in progress hanging mm. up. So we like to you know do comedy around that, and that's very nice. Um, I have seen pictures of it on Facebook, and it looks brilliant. Yeah, I was so pleased to get it um, to find the place and go. This is this is perfect because there's no microphone, there's no stage, the audience are right there, um, and because there is that, um, there's no barrier there. Then people would tend to be a bit more honest about how they feel about it and because mm. it's so in close proximity it, and there's no microphone it's almost like it's a conversation you're just having with the audience yeah. a lot of the time so yeah. that's really really nice um, so I, I would I would do that I'm also in an improv group called Wonder Frog so it's nice. like short form who's nice it anyway type stuff yeah. we would do shows like that so I'm kind of I'm busy doing my real life work and then the comedy stuff yeah 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 um, I so could probably do more but I'm happy enough <laughs> Yeah. Just at that level, like, well, I could try, I could try and get on the Stephen Nolan show. The Stephen Dolan show. Oh, Stephen Nolan show. Stephen Nolan oh, right. show. Stephen Nolan is like a shock jock for Northern Ireland. Like a shock. Well, you're gonna have to explain <clears throat> what a shock jock is uh, as well. Uh, a disc jockey who um, courts controversy. Controversial disc jockey. Yes, even if the subject isn't controversial, but he'll build it up as such. Right. Um, quite a common thing in the uk and certainly in america too you get these shock jocks who have their own radio shows and they tend to get big audiences by saying out outrageous things and talking mm-hmm. about outrageous <clears throat> subjects so stephen nolan is like a shock jock from northern ireland yeah um he uh, a, a lot of the stuff because we have so much so many problems in northern ireland a lot of the time it's stuff like that it would be political issues mm-hmm. or various other things very homegrown northern irish type stuff so um it should be available on the bbc iplayer if any uk listeners want to check that out okay should whenever that's our and you can have a, a real insight to some northern irish um you know mannerisms and phrases and how we all sound normally there seems to be a podcast called the best of nolan is this him yes that's him there okay Stephen nolan's no nonsense approach to confronting the biggest issues of the day has made it the biggest show in the country an unmissable mixture of news phone-ins and entertainment so i will leave a link to the best of nolan which is the a podcast for the Stephen nolan um radio show on mm-hmm. the bbc i'll put a link to that on the page for this episode and you can check it out ladies and gents i don't um, guarantee it'll be any good but you'll you'll get an insight let's just say well it's interesting to listen to the 
the most popular um, radio show in Northern Ireland. I mm. think that's probably quite a good window into the culture. Yeah. And I, I imagine that it's all, you know, Northern Irish accents and stuff like that. Mm. So people can listen to it. Hi, listeners. That is the end of part one of this episode. But uh, you'll be able to listen to more from our conversation in part two when it eventually arrives. It should arrive pretty soon. Who knows, it might even be immediately uploaded along with this one. Uh, we will see. But um, don't forget to leave your comments at teacherluke.co.uk. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know what you think, what your responses, is, what, what your responses are, even. Um, let me know what you're thinking. Teacherluke.co.uk. Visit the page for this episode and just leave your comments there. You don't need to sign in. You don't need to leave your name even. You can do it anonymously. No need to give your email address or anything like that. Uh, but but if you would like to give your email address, if you want to receive um, an email every time I upload an episode or a post onto my website, uh, then you can just go to teacherluke.co.uk and you'll see um, on the right-hand side... Um, a space where you can leave your email address and then uh, subscribe to the mailing list. That's a good way to keep in touch with new developments um, at teacherluke.co.uk and with Luke's English Podcast. Okay, so um, part two of this episode should be available to you very soon. But for now, from this one, it's just time for me to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.